welcome to a Camp Wonderland live. This podcast is brought to you by North London is Red. Quick reminder that North London has been red since and until and currently and ongoing 1913. This podcast is also brought to you by Have You Ever Seen Tottenham Win the League.com? For those asking, 59 years, 10 months, 27 days, 21 hours, 32 minutes, 44 seconds and counting. My name is Chris. I am your host on this wonderful day. It's been a while. I'm a bit rusty. Luckily, I've got a pro beside me. Hello, Carl. Oh, I thought you said good about Danny. Oh, sorry, you said pro, um, not Danny, obviously. Uh, hello, 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 hello. I am happy. Are you? For many, I... many reasons. Um, one, I don't have work tomorrow, so obviously that makes me uh, extremely happy. Uh, two, um, I have goose fat roast potatoes waiting for me that I've cooked. So obviously, um, you can imagine my mouth is um, full of saliva. And three, that dirty, dirty team from Middlesex tried to come into our house, tried to play us on our pitch. They cheated, they fouled, they rolled around, they dived. And they still couldn't win. So yes, I am extremely happy. Yes, me too, mate. Me too. And um, just before we get into the good stuff, because we're both on a, on a very, uh, we're both on a bit of a time budget here tonight. So um, we're going to rattle through this as quickly as we can, in in the nicest possible way, and enjoy it as best we can. I just want to say off the bat, before we even go into, because we're going to be very much talking about Arsenal rather than that other shithousery. I just want to say at this point. Imagine just just for a second. Imagine going to your rivals with that team and having one shot on target in seventy minutes. Imagine, pathetic. Anyway, let's talk about Arsenal, shall we, Carl? Um, I'm not going to do. I, I, it's been a long time since I've done one of these, so I'm just throwing. I'm uh, throwing everything out the window here. We're just clearing the decks, and we're just doing it off the bat. So. Um, I don't really want to go into team news specifically, but we do have to talk about the the number 14 shaped elephant in the room. Uh, it just thoughts, I'm sure we'll go into it on the podcast more in the week, but um, Arteta said it was a disciplinary issue. Some saying it's a haircut, some saying it was a tattoo, others saying he was just late. Depends who you believe. Um, I guess the story won't be huge now because we've won the game, but did, you, did, did your bum go 50p5p when you saw that news break? Um, we kind of had the, well, well, not we, in our group, we had a little disagreement because for me, if you're going to leave him out, leave him out the whole team. Don't leave him out of the starting lineup. That's not a punishment. That's like some, that's like your parents saying, oh, okay, um, you can't have cake for dessert, but you can have um, pie. It, it, it makes no sense, like, for me. You, you've got to leave him out. You've got to leave him out completely. Um, I do think it's because he was late. Um, various sources of credible note have reported that it's not the first time he was late. He's been late quite a few times. So obviously Arteta's um, probably just had enough. Like we'll probably go into it more on the pod. But obviously when you have a home game, you have to meet at the ground at a certain time. Everyone, they have a certain time to be at the ground so they can rattle through the team news, um, go through uh, positions, or how he wants you to play. And obviously may say it was 2 p.m. or 1 o'clock, obviously – uh, I didn't get there on time. So, you know, Arteta's probably had had it always, probably not, like he said, 
not the first time he's been late. So he's just giving him a, a big fuck you because he's the captain. He's got to lead by example. He has to be better than the rest. You know, um, as a captain, you should be first there. You should be first in that tra- um, in the dressing room, waiting for other people to come in and see you. It, obviously, we don't. We, we are just speculating right now. But if it is because he was late, then obviously that's not a good look. Um, but ultimately, it didn't make a difference because we won the game. But had we not had won the game, then obviously it would be much more of a talking point. But like I said, we rattled through this game. But I'm sure. Um, whoever's on the pod this week will we'll probably talk about that much more. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we'll go into that later on. I'm sure there'll be some fallout from it in the post-match interviews, etc. and so on anyway. But uh, we came into this game. Um, I'm not going to bullshit you, Carl. Um, and by the way, this is probably not going to be a show suitable for kids. So if you don't like swearing, best to turn off now. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not going to bullshit you. I, I wasn't confident coming into this game. I mean, I'm not really confident at home to Burnley, let alone Spurs. So, so I think it would be fair to say I wasn't, you know, I, I wouldn't, I'm not one of those people that says, oh, I would have taken a draw pre-game because anything can happen in a game. But I, I was slightly worried about this game, slightly dreading what, what could have happened. Um, taking away the performance of, of our opposition, which was frankly limp and, and pretty pathetic, I thought we, we came out the traps really well. We looked sharp, we looked energetic, we looked ready. It's it opens a bigger debate again for podcasts about why we can't do this every week against other sides. You know, you should be up for a derby, but let's give them some credit here. To a man, every player was was good from the off, weren't they today? Yeah, we started well. I think my frustration was because we started so well, we didn't take our chances. We seem to always start games very well. We seem to come at the traps very fast, and barring a mistake, um, not conceding early. You know, we kind of dominate games, but it, there, there seems to be a problem up front that we just don't take our chances. There's an issue just why why we can have almost like five shots on goal and not score one of those five shots. Why do we always need time to warm up um, before we actually score? And it's, it is concerning. And it doesn't matter what personnel you play, whether it's um, whether it's Bamiyan, whether it's Lacazette up front, it doesn't matter who, we just don't seem to take our chances because if we scored one or two of those early goals that we always set up for ourselves, we locked the game off in the first 10 minutes. And, you know, that's that's really big, but we seem to always let opposition sort of come on, build into the game, which obviously is what happened in this game. It was just, just nonsense, really. Mm, yeah, agreed. And it... I think I, I delved into my um, my deep box of uh, Josh Josh Dor jinxes um, by laughing. The uh, I'm not going to call him what Steve used to call him, but you know, you know, if you know, you know. Um, but when when he hobbled out with a with a, a blown up hamstring, which by the way, I, I, these people that says, "Oh, you don't like to see players injured," I do. I really, really do, especially him, Mug. But he went off injured and uh, they brought on the horse face lesbian. Um, not that there's anything wrong with lesbians or indeed horse faces. I don't want to offend anyone, but he, he's a, he's a, he's an interesting character. We'll come on to him later on. And um, and he scored a fluke. I've heard a, I've seen a lot of people say, oh, no, you know, it's a really good finish. You've got to give him credit. Sorry. No, no. He, he plays for Spurs. You give him no credit at all. That's how it works here. If you don't like that, you're listening to the wrong podcast. You don't give them credit for anything, and any amazing goal they score is a fluke. But in this case, 
yeah, it's clever footwork, but it's pure fluke. To get it through, what, three sets of legs? We I don't think we've dealt with it particularly well, albeit you don't really expect that type of shot. And, and we're, as usual, we're behind in a game we've dominated. Now, be honest with me here. Were you confident that we would come back into it or did you sort of think, here we go again? Um, I think it all decided on how we responded to it. I thought that Mourinho would shut up shop because I said this to, on the previous show with Danny, that if they score first, you know for a fact that's going to be it. They're just going to sharp shop. They'll have no interest whatsoever in attacking us, um, unfortunately. Um, so when they scored that that goal, and we'll get on to individual players um, as well, but it was a fluke. I mean, had, it, had someone of our team had scored that goal, I'd be ranting and raving about it. However, they didn't, so fuck it. Um, I was, I was just, I was just fearful that Mourinho would just say, right, that's it. Literally pump it upfield, like just low block, not trying to attack us whatsoever. So, you know, um, but luckily, I didn't need to think about that for too long because obviously we uh, we got back into the game fairly quickly. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's not focus on on their uh, on their crappy goal. Um, yes, uh, th- th- I thought the reaction was good. I thought the reaction was positive. We 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 sort of we had that five to ten minutes where we were a little bit like, oh Christ, you know. I think almost the players felt like, oh God, you know, it's happening again and and again. Just to repeat what we said at the start of the podcast that the way they play football play football honestly it's 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 so embarrassing like whether i want to admit it or not and i'm (laughs) not going to admit it they've got some slightly above average players in their team and um and yet they just they just don't play they're just so dull they just sit behind the ball just absorb it you know they don't even counter-attack with any sort of it's the marina way i think once son went off it changes their whole dynamic because I hate to admit that, but Son and Kane do have a very good link up. They are quite good um, at finding each other. And I think once Son went off, that changed the whole dynamic. Not that they were threatening us in the first half anyway, but when he was on, but Lamella doesn't offer what Son does. He, you know, he, he just doesn't do it. So Kane found himself very isolated and because of our press and we were we were on top of them um we were pressing them not giving them a chance on the ball harrying them and that's what you want to see from an arsenal side um they just didn't and gareth bell he, he he's lost it gareth bell is not i mean yeah you can do it against burnley and do it against crystal palace but you can't do it against a team like us you, you can't do it and all these people that are saying that oh bell is back back where like no, he's he's not like let him collect his six hundred and odd thousand pounds a week from Real Madrid, and that's why. Look, if Kate, if, if Bell was any good, he'd be playing for Real Madrid right now. That's the way I see it. Everyone who says, "Oh, Bell's back," or he's blah blah blah, no. If he was that good and he was that brilliant, he'd be playing for Real Madrid starting their lineup, and he's not. Like, yeah, like I said to you, yeah, he could do it against Burnley and flipping Palace. Who the fuck are they? But you can't do it against us. He, he hasn't got the legs, and he was out of his game um, today. Cedric had him on toast. Like, so for me, nah, he's, he's lost it. I mean, you're right, Chris, they do have some good, like, I'll be honest with you. I, I hate to say it, but 
Harry Kane is a is an okay player. He is. He he is. But he just can't do it against a team like us on this no. occasion because you know, this is not. We can go no, back in time, but you know. Let's be fair, though. I mean, you know, to be fair to Gareth Bale, he did score against Batsy Dog, Dog's Home and Little Delivery Depot in Europe. So, I mean, you know, that's that's some high quality, high caliber opposition there. So, you know, credit where credit's due. Um, we should mention the the obviously we'll give we'll give Lacker some praise in a second. We should mention he had a really presentable chance when um, ESR pulled pulled back, and I, I felt like he just kind of. Miss, he just kind of misread the, the the either the pace or the or the the, the speed of the fullback um, or pullback from from Tierney, which was ex- uh, from El Smith Rowe, which was excellent, and then bef- and then just after that, the pullback from Tierney, which he uh, again, I I personally think I love Lacker to bits, and he may I'm pretty sure he got a shout from behind him, but as a centre forward, I want my centre forward taking responsibility and hitting that. He didn't. He left it for Cedric Suarez, who caught an absolute peach, which which hit the post. Um, and of course, ESR hitting the crossbar early on as well. So it's not as if we weren't um, pressing it and we, we weren't dominate dominant. And I, I felt that although the goal was deflected, um, Martin Ertegaard, um, which I believe is the exact way you say it, got the equaliser. It's been a good week for for the Dane. Um, obviously, scored in Europe for us. Was then made Norway captain. Uh, and there's now officially got the Scandinavian North London derby badge of honour, uh, which has uh, also been gratefully received by Freddie Lundberg in the past. Um, and uh, he's a scorer. And I thought he played very well today. I, I think I like about him is everything's forward, isn't it? Everything is everything's sort of he's, he's always on his tiptoes. He always wants to receive the ball. And yeah, I think probably in another day that shot is saved comfortably. But luckily it went in off the lumbering. I think it was the Belgian bloke at centre half uh, for Tongan. Uh, no, he's at Benfica, uh, Alderweireld. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and into the net it went. It, it was a really good time to score, though, wasn't it? Just before half time to get us back into the game and changes the whole team talk and the whole outlook. Of course it does. Um, it stops Jose Mourinho from sitting in there and saying, don't press them, don't um, prepare for your attacks, just sit back. So he, ha- he had to change his team talk, which if had they gone in one new up, that's 100% what Jose Mourinho would have said. He would have told him just to sit back, don't do anything. Um, don't let them try and attack us. So, yeah, it was an absolutely brilliant time to score. It was, you know, let's be honest, it was a fluky goal. Um, but in this times, you need fluky goals. You need chances like that to, to trickle in. You know, we need the rubber the green and we got it this time. Um, on another day, it probably goes right into Lloris's hands and he saves it, but two tears in the bucket fuck it I don't care um it's <laughs> we we went in at, um we went in on top as well and that's what's a good thing about it um that we went in full of confidence and Mikel Arteta you're hoping you're hoping that he just said to the team you know carry on playing as you are Tottenham weren't interested in trying to win the game they literally did come for the draw you could tell um, or they came to just sit back and hit us on a counter-attack. Obviously, that kind of changed when um, Sun went off, but, you know, Jose Mourinho wasn't really interested in really trying to attack us. No, I thought I thought they looked tired, which is ironic, given the fact that we were the ones that travelled in midweek. But, uh, as you say, fuck them. Um, nice of uh, Agent Doherty, the uh, boyhood Arsenal fan, to uh, save probably his worst performance in his career for us as well. That was nice of him. He basically did nothing all day. and uh, And, you know... I'll sort of say this now while it's on my mind because I'll forget later on. I've said a few things about Granite Xhaka in my time. I love that tackle on Doherty in the 80th minute. All, all ball, 
but took man with it. Love that. Big fan of that. So uh, when it works, it's glorious, the, the, the Shaka slide. Uh, anywho, so we're going to half time where, as I say, I, I'm feeling fairly positive because I just felt that we dominate that first half and I wanted to see us come out in the second with, with sort of renewed vigour. And I wouldn't say we, we thundered into the second half. You know, it wasn't like all guns blazing, but I felt like we, we were stepping up the... That the pressure that the press was good once again. Um, just before we sort of come on to the, the winning goal, what did you make of the of the midfield today? Because I didn't. I felt like Partey wasn't wasn't brilliant today. I thought he did. He, he's very good in possession, you know, and he's very good at those little um, sort of flick around the corners. And his weight of pass is always exceptional. It doesn't look to me like he even needs to think about it. But I didn't think he was he was exceptional. But I thought Xhaka at the base of that midfield. Uh, the two wide players, uh, obviously Pepe's second half I thought was bright. First half, Saka looks tired, but his work rate was there. That whole sort of midfield uh, trio of two wide men, and, uh, it worked pretty well, didn't it, overall? Like, I felt like we we controlled that area, allowing the fullbacks to push on. What did you kind of make of that area of the, of the game? I thought Xhaka um, was relatively good today, and it's not something you'd hear me say very often. And I thought Partey... I'm gonna be honest with you. He was poor today. He was. He wasn't. Yeah, his little touches, um, one, two yard passes were good, but I didn't think he had the effect on the game. I thought he gave away very silly fouls today. Like it kind of annoyed me the amount of fouls that he gave away. Um, just, just nonsense. It was almost like a concentration thing. Um, so it was annoying. So yeah, like when when he's like I say. When he's good, I'm going to praise him. When he's bad, I'm going to, you know, call it out. And he wasn't good today, let's be honest. I don't know if it was. I can't remember many times that Partey's played 90 minutes. So it may be a fitness thing. Um, I think it is, yeah. the, Because towards the end, he was really poor to the fact that I'm surprised that he stayed on the pitch. Um, but maybe Mikel Arteta needed to get him 90 minutes in his legs. Um the Xhaka party axis is something that we're going to have um, for at least the remainder of the season, whether Xhaka leaves or not, we don't know. But um, yeah, the Xhaka Xhaka party thing is something that we're going to have to get used to. Um, And I think that we kind of, none of them were brilliant today, if that makes sense. And what I like about Xhaka is that he, he does release the ball early. He's, although he frustrates you with the things that he does, he does, when he looks for a forward pass, eight times out of ten, he kind of does find his man. He does like to spray the ball around. I do wish he was a little bit two-footed because you can always tell he's going to come back in on his left foot just to pass it and things like that. I'm, I wish that he'd get out of his game. You know, as a professional footballer, you should be able to pass the ball with both feet as a as a bare minimum, let's be honest. But... Um, their midfield didn't really trouble us. I thought that Emil Smith-Rowe was absolutely brilliant today. He had Doherty like, in his pocket for the whole game. Doherty could not handle um, Tierney and Emil Smith-Rowe up that left-hand side. He, he was like, in sixes and sevens, which was absolutely lovely to see. Um, and it was a bit... I don't know if there's any news on Saka, whether it's a tactical change or whether it was um, an injury, but he went off obviously at half time, which, you know, everyone's praying, crossing their fingers that it was just a tactical change and not uh, an injury to, to Saka. Yeah, I, I believe he was substituted because um, Mourinho made a complaint that it just wasn't fair 
um, how shit Spurs were and how good we were. So we agreed to take off our best player to give them, you know, at least some possession because we're nice like that. So I believe that's that's what actually happened there. Um, yeah, credit to our centre backs as well. I, I thought were very good. What will come as the defensive performance in a mo? But the the winning goal came from the penalty spot. Um, Alex Lacazette sort of parachuted into the lineup, not only as as first choice striker but as captain today. Um, actually, I was actually pretty impressed with him today. I, th- I thought his work rate was excellent. I thought you know he never stopped. In fairness, he never does stop. But um, I think it would be fair to say that the attempted shot. I mean, it was it was brilliant of him to massively whiff it in order to get a penalty and, and increase the chances of scoring. Um, a lot of people have said this isn't a penalty. Uh, apparently, Mourinho has come out crying. <laughs> Shame, Balland. But um, it, it, for me, it's a pen. Like, if, if you're going to give the... I don't know if you saw the PSG-Barcelona game in midweek, um, where it was a similar foul on Icardi, where the ball, you know, he's not going to reach the ball, but he, you know, studs get caught in, in the Achilles area of, of Icardi, and, and that was given as a pen. In the modern day... If you challenge like a, a a demented buffalo, which is the best description I could give of Davidson Sanchez, who's apparently elite. If that's elite, you can fucking keep it. If you're going to tackle like that, you have to win the ball. There you go, Danny's just put up a picture of the uh, uh, the, the twatty one, um, and he and he doesn't he doesn't get the ball. So for me, it's it's as clear a pen as ever. I'm not going to lie to you, Carl. I was panicking when I saw VAR come up because I thought. This is a definite pen, but is he going to be offside? That was my first thought. But luckily he was onside and no arguments with the pen. Dispatched brilliantly into the corner. What was your kind of view taking your Arsenal hat off? Well, not taking it off, but gently urging it to the side, maybe. Um, for you, pen, is, is it a clear pen? I mean, I, I just think it is a clear pen. I mean, I Even with my Arsenal hat off, it's a penalty. Like, genuinely, if David Luiz had made that challenge on Harry Kane... I would be going mad saying it's a penalty. I, I, I would be. I'll be very honest. Yeah, it would have been. I, a, be, it would have been a, an assault charge if David Luiz had done it. Yeah, but I'll be honest. It was a penalty. You cannot. He didn't win the ball. No matter what, even if Lacazette miskicked it, he does not win the ball. He fouls the man in the box, so it's a penalty. And I'm hearing that Freddie Lundberg is uh, in the Sky Studio saying that it's not a penalty. He's just bitter because he got fired from Arsenal. But um, it, that's ridiculous. Up. <laughs> that's just that's just ridiculous to say it's not a penalty. Even like I said, with my Arsenal hat firmly off, it, of course it's a penalty. He doesn't win the ball. He charges in at him. He fouls him, takes him out. Because who to say that when, like I said, Miss kicks it, he doesn't go on to get the rebound. Like he, he, he could exactly. easily do that. So you cannot just say because he Miss kicked it, it's not a foul. Or the because he didn't have it? the ball. Yeah, the because he didn't have the ball it. under control. So yeah. yeah. So even if if Lacazette was to kick the ball to the side and then Davison kick comes in and fouls him, are you really going to tell me that that's not it's not a penalty? It's a clear penalty all day. It is clear. He takes him out, and I don't understand how someone can look at that and think, yeah, you know what? That's not really a penalty. That's just it's, it's, that's just a bit silly. If nothing else, it's intent, isn't it? When you when you swipe at the speed and the velocity that, that the buffalo does, because that's what it honestly reminds me of, just like a, a headless buffalo, you know, like some kind of lumbering animal just 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 sprinting across the plains, you know. And that's what it reminds me of, or a dog chasing a boat. Like he's just got he's got no positional awareness, Davison Sanchez at all. 
And like you say, it, the attempt is, if nothing else, there is a, a clear swipe of the, of, the, of the boot towards the ball. And if he doesn't get that ball, it, you know, it's irrelevant. It's, it's the same as that tackle, you know, the one, what I mean, where a player kicks through and kicks the bottom of someone's studs. It doesn't matter that he's kicked into the studs. If the studs are high from the opponent and you kick into them, then their foot is high. You know, it's just, just, is, just fact, isn't it? If he, and if he doesn't make that challenge, Louise comes and scoops that ball anyway. Exactly. So, and yeah. it's, it's just ridiculous. He, he's even out of control. Because mm. you, why would you make that sort of challenge at that time? So, um, yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a clear penalty. And um, because of the double jeopardy rule that you're pointing out, to us in the group, it's not a red card. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I was sent him off just because he plays for Spurs, but that's me. Um, I tell you who did get sent off though that prick Lamella. <laughs> Let's talk about that twat, shall we? Um, Carl, he's he's a, he's a knob, that guy, isn't he? He he's from the I don't know if you noticed this from the first minute he came on. He um he he gets he uh, he make he wins a foul. I can't remember who it is who who fouls him, but he wins a foul from the like the very first minute he runs on. He wins a foul, and the very first thing he does is kick out. I think it's it's either at Erdegaard or or uh, or Lacazette. It might be Lacazette, but he clearly kicks out as he goes onto the floor. This guy is. I've I've seen a lot of talentless tossers play for Spurs in my time. A lot of them. Um often by the season. This guy is the most talentless fuckwit I've ever had the misfortune of watching. Um, and he was at it all game, snide little fouls, little digs, little leave the studs in, he's mouthing off, he's giving it to Xhaka, which, by the way, I mean, Xhaka's had, had bigger shits that concerned him than, than Lamella, by the way. You know, if there's one thing about Granite that, that is not an issue, it's little pokey little pricks like this guy. Um and yeah, sorry, we're, you know, we'll just take the R rating onto this podcast. But he winds me the fuck up, Carl. He really, really does, and he deservedly went there. As I think uh, Alan Smith said in the commentary, the, the first one's a clear booking, and the second one, he knows what he's doing. He looks and he knows full well what he's doing. There's an extension of the elbow. There's a thrust out with the arm, and he's rightfully sent off. Um, I'm assuming you're not going to disagree with any of that, but. I just it just beggars belief how this snidey little twat just gets away with these, and it's not just against Arsenal, by the way. Every time I watch him play, he's just a snidey, talentless fuck. That's that's, that's my opinion. What did you what did you think? My issue is why is it not a straight red? Mm. What so if you are send if you're sending them off for the foul um, on. Tierney, that's a straight red. It's a, it's a straight red. You cannot raise your arm to a player and get a yellow card. I, 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 I truly don't understand. I mean, it makes no difference because, I mean, it goes, it's either a one or a three game ban. Uh, it's a one game ban at the moment. But that for me is a straight red card. Like, I would like to ask Mike, um, ask Michael Oliver why that's not a straight red. I, I don't. And if someone could tell me, like, even in the comments, why that's a yellow card and not a red card, I don't get it. He's If he send them off for the elbow, an elbow is a red card offence because you mm. raise your arms. You cannot raise your arms to another player. Yeah. So I don't understand 
why it's not I mean, he is he's a he's a prick he he absolutely is he thinks he's one of them people where <laughs> you know in school there was always that one prick that thought that he was I said this to Jason he, he, he was yeah. always like he was this is one prick in school that thought he was the shit. There's yep. one prick in school that thought oh I'm better than everyone and it will be something stupid like oh um he like his dad drives a, a BMW. So he thought that he was like the shit. Like he, he really was. Um and he's just a, he's just a, a, a bully who thinks he's hard and yeah, he, he just oh, he just needs to get beaten up, doesn't he? Like he really does. Do you know the analogy I use? I was talking to uh, to our pal Jace um, during the game about it, and I said it, the analogy I use is he's that kid in school that spends his entire time, uh, like the the small kid, you know, like my height, you know, like tiny, um, giving it all that to the bigger kids, winding them up, winding them up, winding them up. But one of the big kids one day just lamps him and flattens him, and then he runs to the teacher and tells tales. He's that guy, isn't he? Baiting, 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 and then the minute he gets put on his ass, he goes running to teacher. He's just a little rat. Uh, somebody said that in the chat that he's a rat, and I think the spot on Stephen said that in the chat. Um, speaking of rats, Danny's just put a picture of Piers Morgan on the screen. Lovely, thanks for that, Danny. We're, we're supposed to be having a, a happy, enjoyable podcast here, Danny. And you, and you, <laughs> and you oh, he's just put. I found out why Aubameyang was dropped. Yeah, I mean, if that's the case, fair enough. Um, but yeah, what, what did you make of the last fifteen minutes, though, Carl? Because you know, we 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 were the team that was. Um, oh, actually, before I mention, before I go into that, um, should just give an honourable mention to um, England captain Harry Kane, who uh, once again, once again gets away with assault. Once again, no booking, no foul, nothing. Isn't looking at the ball. Shoves. I think it's Tierney in midair. Uh, it's a dangerous challenge, not even a foul, because he's England captain. So that's all fine. No problem there. Um, yeah, that, that's that's absolutely fine there. Oh, and let's not forget also he conveniently falls over to win a free kick towards the end as well. So that, that's good. Good to know that that uh, he's still getting away with murder. Anyway, that's him. Um, but yeah, those last 15 minutes, I, I don't know what happened, but it's almost like it's almost like Bernd Leno kind of had an attack of the jelly wrists. He couldn't catch anything. Um, he looked nervous as hell. Um, we saw David Luiz give Thomas Partey an absolute mouthful, which, to be fair, he deserved for basically just passing it out of play for a corner. Uh, both our centre-backs, I thought, held us together at that period of time because they, they were excellent today, Gabriel and, and David Luiz. But our midfield went walkabouts. And, you know, I, I want to keep this positive, and, and I'm, I'm pleased for Mikel. But these changes... He he really, really needs to start thinking about the use of substitutions because once again today, wrong choices for me. We didn't have an outlet. We took off our centre forward and we were just, we were spursing it. We were just lumping it back to them, recycling possession. Um, did you sort of have that fear going into the last sort of 10, 15? Because I, I, I just couldn't see us hanging on. We were just so deep and we were so panicky. I put in our group um, that I can't tell who's got 10 men. Because we were playing ridiculous, we were panicking so much. It just seemed as if um, it seemed as if we had ten men and we didn't know what to do with the ball. Every single time we got the ball, it went out to no one. Um, I I'm going to keep this positive, so we'll move on quickly. But I have a problem with Mikel Arteta's tactical decisions on a football pitch. I think they're beyond poor but um when you win a game like this you can't really complain um 
the last 10 minutes were very, very nervy. Um, we just seem to, the problem is we seem to just panic. We seem to, I think when you take off your striker and you bring on a midfielder, that's almost inviting the opposition to say, well, come on, well, we've given up on trying to attack exactly. anymore. So you can try and attack us and give some impetus. And every time we did get the ball, we had zero outlet. I think at one point, El Nene was the furthest person forward. Now he was playing centre forward, which is ridiculous. So I think in that instance, it was wrong because even with the players left on the pitch were William Pepe. And yes, I understand that Pepe can play up front. I totally understand that. But at the same time, you literally had no outlet. You had no one to scare them because you then you if Pepe was playing up front, you had no one on the right hand side. So you we were just literally inviting um that lot to attack us. And for some other reason, we kept getting deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper, which was very, very silly of us. Like we should we should have been better. Um in-game management is something that Arteta definitely has a problem with. But we're going to keep this on a positive note and we won the game. So, you know, Arteta's yeah. going to stick two fingers up at me and say, well, fuck you, Carl. We won the game. So, you know, rightly so, by the way, rightly so. Yeah, I, I, th- I think it would be fair to say without, you know, it, you, you, can be, you can be critical in, in a, you know, in a fair-minded way. And I think it would be fair to say that Arteta's substitutions and, um, and in-game management could do with a, do with work. You know, he's, he's, he's clearly not the finished article yet. There's some things he does that are really good and there's some other things he does that are questionable shall we say and I, I think I do think substitutions um, and use of the squad maybe is is an area that, that he may need to work on uh, post-season particularly and you know he's, he's learning on the job again not really his fault but definitely something I think he, he could work at and uh, yeah I think Martinelli would have been a better change because at least you know he offers you that ability to play both wide and centrally and has a bit of pace the one thing Willian is not going to give you is a blistering outlet run down the left wing for example um, but uh, yeah, as you say, you know, we, uh, we I wouldn't say we clung on, but we we invited the pressure and we withstood it uh, and we decided not to pass to the opposition this week, which was nice. Um, so that's a bonus after the last two games. But uh, yeah, at the end of the day, as we both said, a win is a win. Um, you know, we uh, the thing that I think is is the best part about this win, I think, when you take it all into perspective, is the fact that we are basically a bit of a basket case of a club right now. We're a bit, we're a bit of a shit show. We're having our, you know, one of our worst seasons in in twenty thirty, God knows how many years, and they still can't beat us. Do you know what I mean? Like um, that, that, I think that's that's what makes it that little bit better. And uh, and if we do end up drawing them in, in the Europa League, bring it on is what I say to that. Uh, just before we take some questions, I'm just going to give you the opportunity to pick out any other individuals um, from, from this game today. The the, the only one, or the one I would offer to you is, is I thought Pepe was very good in the second half. I thought he, he came in and he offered us that general, it was a bit more direct than usual. You know, he wasn't sort of fannying around with it. He was a lot more uh, direct with his, with his running um, he had the fullbacks turn the other way, and I thought he was excellent. So I'd give him some praise, um, you know, aside of the players we've already praised. Is, is there anybody else that sort of stood out for you today that, uh, you know, it's got caught your eye, if you will? I mean, I thought Louise was really good today. Like, mm. I thought the way that he... Um, the way he came out from the back, yeah. I think the way he was literally almost played as a, um, a deep-line playmaker... 
I think, um, Danny, put this, the table back on, please. I'm going to talk about it in a second. But um, I thought the way that he, you know, he led from the back, he was literally, um, like I said, playing as a deep line playmaker, running through the centre. And I think that's good to see. I think it's good that um, as long as he doesn't go like full Neuer, like obviously, oh, you don't always want, yeah, you don't always want to see your centre back doing that. But I think he was confident because he knew that Tottenham was offering zero up front. He, you know, as an attacking presence, Tottenham wasn't really doing anything. So he felt confident that he could do that and literally go forward and not be worried about, you know, the in behind. Had sort of a son been on the pitch, then, you know, it may be a little bit different because of the counter-attack threat. But once son, once, um, son went off, he offered nothing so special uh mention goes to david Luiz. yeah yeah completely uh completely agree with that and um you mentioned the table danny's just put it up for those listening in audio format we we're currently in 10th which um you know is nothing to 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 hang banners out or book the open top open top bus parade about but um it is sort of a bit more concentrated now isn't it there's only two teams above us that have played a game less which is aston villa and, and west ham um, we've now played 28 games. We've got 41 points. And I'll, I'll let you make your point. But I think the only thing that concerns me slightly is we've kind of been here before. You know, now is the time. We, If we're going to push for that, I, I wouldn't even say top four. I would say sort of top six because let's not get ahead of ourselves. We can't just win this game and then go and lose. Is it West Ham next? You know, we, we have mm. to put a run together now. Even if we draw a couple, win a couple. We cannot drop points in terms of losses or, you know, draws to, to lesser sides. We need to go on a bit of a run here. Is that kind of in the right ballpark of where you're looking at this table at the moment? Yeah, I think, well, we all know that 10th is not good enough for Arsenal. It really isn't. Whether we do we deserve to be there, but the way we sort of played this season, mm, yeah and no. Um, what gives me, I guess, a little bit of encouragement is that there are not many teams... There, there are a lot of teams that who are above us in the table who are very lucky. They got points uh, on the board early doors because yeah. everyone just seems to be dropping points lately. Um, Aston Villa haven't been brilliant. Liverpool, well, you know, less said about them, the better. They're, um, eighth. They're eighth. It's it's mad. They uh, like worst champions. It's mad. <laughs> like out of, I can't believe out of six games they've lost five. That is, 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 is crazy, like, the way they're in decline. Um, and But obviously, you know, they're going to play Arsenal at the Emirates, so... Easy three points. points. There. Yeah, easy three <laughs> points there to get the season back on track, as you know. But, um, yeah, I think, like I said, there's a lot of teams above us in the, in the table that are very lucky that they got um, points early doors because teams are dropping points like nobody's business. I know Leicester won today, but Leicester were dropping points. Um, Man United and West Ham are playing now, are they? I believe yeah, they're playing I, today. Yeah, yeah, so like, you know, even that, um, West Ham, I mean, I don't believe all this nonsense. Oh, West Ham are going to tumble in down the table. I mean, they're playing well at the moment. So kudos it's to West Ham. Do you, that Really kudos to West Ham. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, I hope they don't play well next week when we play them, but Everton, they lost to Burnley yesterday, like I want to yep. say. So, you know, there's a lot... Yeah, so there's a lot of teams that are not playing the best 
at the moment. So, you know, towards the end of the season, the players are getting tired. Now, you know what I mean? Like, there are players that haven't had a pre-season. I mean, if you're not up to playing, like, I mean, some a team like Arsenal obviously has, you know, used to playing in Europe week in, week out. So they're used to a long run of a, a big stretch of run of games. But there are teams like West Ham who don't, are not used to this quick turnaround. So they are going to get tired. They are used to one game a week. Um, Danny's just put um, our next sort of round of fixtures and we've got West Ham away, which anyone thinks that West Ham away is going to be easy is deluded. Like we're not, this ain't no that West Ham and Arsenal of old who can just go to West Ham and just turn up and get an easy three points. It's not going to be easy. And I think uh, a good barometer will be this Man United-West um, Ham game. Um, then the week after, we and that's, um, week after that, we have Liverpool at home, where on Liverpool's current form, we should win that. But again, this is Arsenal. So, you know, you, you don't know what Arsenal's going to turn up, unfortunately. Um, but with Liverpool's sort of defensive woes, you know, you you we kind of really should win that game. But again, you don't know. Sheffield United away. If we lose that game, then there was no hope for Arsenal whatsoever. Um, they are. They'll have uh, Alan Pardew in charge by then, and they'll be on the up. So. <laughs> Um, and then we have Fulham and Everton at home so you know of those you know next five games West Ham away I'm hoping that we do win Liverpool at home current form we should win that Sheffield United away we we should win that and Fulham and Everton at home Fulham at home we definitely should win that Um, although they picked up a little bit of form recently and Everton at home we should win that. We should win all our home games. There's no reason why we should not win our home games. So, you know, three home games, um, two away games. There's no reason why... I think that I genuinely looking at that those fixture lists and I'm looking at thinking the only game I'm worried about is West Ham away. Every one yeah. of those other games, we should win. Well, me, me being me, I'm worried about all of them because, you know, I've seen this. I've seen, I've seen yeah, I've read this, awesome. read this book before, but yeah, I, I, I just I just think, and, and this is a very negative way of looking at it, but I think it's a realistic way of looking at it. We just need to make sure that we're matching or bet, and, and occasionally bettering the teams above us. You know, I, I, I genuinely think, because I, th- I think there's probably at least three defeats out of that batch towards the end of the season left in us. I, I still, I'm still not anywhere near convinced that we're, you know... Um, I say I'll be a bit more convinced when we've won four or five on the spin or, or unbeaten in four or five. But even then, we have the ability to to blow the car up and the wheels go bouncing down the road on their own, you know. So I, I just I want to see consistency, which in fairness we have started to get in terms of, you know, there is some some clearly upward trend in in the way the squad's performing. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of teams above us that are going to play each other. I still think the Europa League is our best. Well, it's our only it's our only uh, only chance of a trophy, but it's definitely our best route back into Europe by whatever means. And um, all we can do is is focus on our own games and 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 hope that teams above us take points off each other. And and the one thing you would say is we've we, we've kind of got it in our own hands, like you say. I mean, if we're sat here in three weeks and we've we've managed to to beat both West Ham and Liverpool, I think the table will look very different by then. But that's a very big if. Um, mm. So yeah, and, and when you're playing teams like Fulham. Brighton, Newcastle, you know, even West Brom, who 
I mean, they're gone, aren't they? Let's be honest, Sheffield United also. But there's pride in teams like that. You know, you never just roll over teams that are going to get relegated. So, you know, I, I think there's um, I think there's a lot of a lot of legs to go. Uh, anyway, right. Um, as I say, we are a little bit pushed for time tonight. So just last five minutes, we're just going to take a couple of questions on this uh, enjoyable day. Um, Phil Marcus said earlier on in the chat, what was um, was that Thomas Partey's worst performance? I think we've kind of covered that. Um, to be fair, if that's his worst, I'm OK with it. Because I didn't think he was terrible. I just didn't think he was, you know, to the standards we, we would hope for. Um, formerly known as said, should we rest Shaka on Thursday? Or is it, or is he too crucial to leave out? Shaka and crucial is two words I would never normally put together. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, we probably can't afford to, to be honest. Yeah. Like this is Arsenal. We are um, only two goals to the good, and yeah. all I'm going to say is, do you remember what happened last season? Exactly. We need an early goal in that one to settle it down. I think if we score early, they'll go, they'll go to pieces. But um, and you can, and the way I look at it is, you can start strong and you can always rest players if you have time. You tune it up. You take, take them off. Yeah. You know, you, you get the game won and, and get it done. So uh, and I think we might see Aubameyang start that game now, which maybe we wouldn't have done previously. Interesting, that one. Um, but yeah, that's our next big game on Thursday is, is Olympiacos. So let's see where we go with that one. Um, and also, Shaq is quite robust, isn't he? You know, he's a lot of things, but he's also quite robust. He doesn't miss a lot of games with injury, does he? So I think he'll be fine. Um, Matt Roberts says, should they have had Sanchez sent off as well? I think we kind of covered that, didn't we? Double jeopardy rule says no. I wouldn't say it's violent conduct. It's more just a, a lumpy, stupid challenge. I, I mean, for me, I would just send them all off. You know, as soon as they arrive on the coach, just get the referee to line up, and send them all off. I mean, you know, they got no business being in, being in, in North London, so um, get them all, get rid of them all. Um, <laughs> Stephen Edwards, uh, I like this question because it's interesting. Uh, is, is Erdogan actually class, or is he a new toy? Um, you know me, Carl. Bit of a, a bit of a hipster on the choir. I think this kid is really good. I think he's really, really good. And for me, he's 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 got that. People are sort of using the Özil comparison. I, I don't. I don't think he's. I don't think he's an Özil sort of comparison because I think he's a very different player. In that his his vision is very good. His assists are very good. What I like about Erdegaard is is he's very very happy to do the ugly side as well as the pretty, you know, taking goals and creation creation in the final third. I like the fact that he's willing to work back. We saw him today, didn't we, give away that late free kick, albeit, you know, a bit of a silly challenge to make. But he puts in the work rate, um, which even in his best days, Mesut didn't really give us. So is, is he is he a, a, a new shiny toy for you or is he one you, you'd go ham to try and get in permanently? You don't get signed by Real Madrid at 15 years old if you're shit, exactly. you know. Uh, he was, um, unfortunately, Real Madrid are going through an Arsenal phase, albeit they're just a little bit better than us still. Um, you, I don't think the Zidane's going to go at the end of the season. There's no doubt about that. And it's all depending on who they get in to be their next manager. Um, I don't even know. I haven't even heard any talk of who Ramage's next manager is going to be. Um, I believe after he leaves Sheffield United. <laughs> I mean, the big name talk, you're probably looking at people like Allegri, but is he too defensive for Real Madrid? 
Um, Frank Lampard. Uh, so, sorry, I that. <laughs> well, actually, no. Think about it. Gerrard's just won the, um, oh, yeah. the league in oh, yeah. things. So obviously, he's a shoe in. But no, in, in all realistically, I, I don't know. I can't. On top of my head, I can't think of any brilliant Spanish managers who they're going to try and get in. So money would be on Allegri. Uh, um, Tommy T would have been a shout, but obviously he's gone to uh, the other scum in West London. So um, I'm not too sure who would kind of be the next Real Madrid manager. But either way, Zidane, I wonder. I wonder if Nagelsmann might be. Yeah, he he sort of fits be. the profile, doesn't he, of a you know a young, hip kind of suave manager. That, yeah. You know, I wonder. I and if he does, it. he's if he does, he keeps Odegaard 100. percent Oh yeah, he he's his type of he keeps Odegaard 100%. So, it, again, it does depend on... <clears throat> it is dependent on who Real Madrid's next manager is. And also, Spanish clubs are in a little bit of trouble financially. Mm. Um, I know Barcelona... Well, I know we're getting off topic at the moment, but Barcelona owes something like 2 billion um, euros. Like, that's just, that is... That's just that massive um, that money. So. Yeah, but, like, to owe 2 billion like euros is absolutely amazing. I mean, when Messi gets off the um, wage bill, I'm sure that will change. But anyway, we get off topic. Um, yeah. Yes, I would keep Odegaard. I, yes, I would try my best. I would send um, Sabios back with a big thank you post-it note, uh, but we don't want him again. And keep Odegaard. I'd actually take both, to be honest. Um, if you could get both, I, 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 I think Sabas has had a bit of a raw, a raw deal from some of our fans. I'm not, I'm not saying he's, you know, elite. I'm not saying he's, uh, he's the finished article. But I think he's a player that the longer he's with us, the better he'll get if he, if he's given the trust. But that's, that's probably for a, a rainy day that conversation. But yeah, I, I would go after Edgar. And don't forget as well, he might be a Real Madrid player. But um, I think they made the point in commentary today on Sky. We're giving him a lot of football. He, he might actually go, do you know what? I'd quite like to sign for Arsenal. And we all know in this modern era, Carl, player power has quite a big say in, in who goes and who stays at clubs. So, um, you know, it might not all be down to Real Madrid if he sort of makes the urges to stay. And it looks it just looks like a good fit for me, you know, uh, sort of a, a Norwegian and Arsenal. We have had a, a decent crop of Scandinavians in the past, and I think it's a good fit. So, yeah. Um, and he's, what, 23? Bags of potential. Yeah, so. he's very young, so... Yeah, I like him. And I, I like he's got a little bit of a spiky side as well, which I like. Is it a little bit of uh, you mentioned earlier on a bit of Freddie about him? So um yeah, I think I think I think good things to come. And he's getting better week by week. He almost looks like he's because he's he's basically been what a year out of football, pretty much. I think yeah, he's enjoying his... like just starting games. It's trust you know, well. when you when yeah, when you get to play games and you do grow in confidence, which is um I guess something we'll talk about with Martellani on the pod about, but you know, you to 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 grow to be a better player, you have to play games or football. Yes, yeah. Mate, anyway, yeah, it's all about that. Yeah, yeah, we'll save that, save that for the pod. Um, right, you lovely people. Uh, just before we go, um, I'll just say hello to a couple of people because why not? Um, Stephen, John, Matt in the chat, formerly Noza, uh, Chris Jones, Phil, I, Claudius has joined us on Twitch. Um, thank you to all the people joining us on Twitch. We are um, steadily trying to grow our numbers over there so thank you very much super flea with his predictions good stuff wilbs uh good old thunder road how you doing mate hope you're well um arit j k-man oh there's so many people i can't say hello to you all uh shahir mohammed as well alex whitmarsh uh one thing's for sure uh gunas um i'm, I'm pretty sure that all of you uh, are going to be very happy this evening 
and uh, I'm pretty sure that you will be uh, enjoying your Sunday evenings. Um, remember, tomorrow's Monday and Mondays usually suck. And unfortunately, like Carl, uh, we're all we're all uh, we're all being lazy and, and not going into work at the moment. We're all sat at home. But at least, although you can't troll your mates who support Spurs in the office, don't forget you can still send emails, text. You, you know, you can send you can send abuse via Zoom. However, you choose to abuse Tottenham fans. Um, not literally, people. We don't condone violence. But a little needle wow. in the ribs, you know, a little elbow in the face like Lamella, go for it, you know. Make them remember that they literally put out merchandise for getting to a League Cup final. Think about that, okay? <laughs> just, 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 just think about that, all right? Um, forever in our shadows. Carl, thank you very, very much for uh, for joining me. Um, thank you for making me feel welcome. I think this is the first live show I've done, like, in forever, so hopefully it was of some enjoyment to uh, to both you and the listeners. So thank you very much, mate, and uh, enjoy your day off tomorrow. I shall do. And Chris, just a quick question. If people want to reach you on Twitter, what's your Twitter address again? Uh, go fuck yourself. Go <laughs> uh, well, um, you know, remember, remember, North London is red. It forever will be red. Jason Mourinho is a prick. Harry Kane can't wear a face mask because he dribbles too much. And um, just another quick question, Chris, before we go really quickly. Um, what do we actually think of Tottenham? Um, shit. Right. Okay. That's all good. That's nice to know. And just another quick question before we go, before Danny turns it off. Um, what do we think of shit? Uh, oh, oh, I know this one. I know this one. Tottenham. Thank you. Danny, press that button. Good night, everyone. Bye. As soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking livid. Splendid business. Get down, dog. <laughs>